All right. Uh, welcome back uh, to the podcast series, Machine Learning and AI Applications. This is your host, Raghu Banda or Ake Banda. We have also given a new name to this podcast uh, series, Machine Learning and AI Applications. So starting season four, um, you, you, uh, we got a new name called Extra AI, X-T-R-A-W-A-I. Briefly, I think it's mainly the background is that we are extracting the raw AI conversations with different guests. You can also follow it on the website, extraai.com, X-T-R-A-W-A-I.com. So as uh, promised, today is the season four. In the season four, the first podcast session, I have a guest from Ukraine, uh, a startup founder on the topic of uh, metaverse. So here we talk about the AR and VR devices, the main vehicle to get into metaverse and the context of AI, uh, of how AI plays a role in here. So I had some interesting conversation. Uh, So sit back, relax and enjoy the conversation. And as always, you'll get more information at the end of the session. All right, uh, welcome back. So today we are starting season four, and today I have a special guest from Ukraine, uh, startup founder Daria Fetko, and I would like to talk about metaverse in the context of AI. So I invite uh, Daria. Daria, could you provide a brief uh, background? Absolutely, sure. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me here, Agalyn. Um, my background lies in. Um, business administration and management. And after that, I was working in game development industry. And uh, for the last seven years, I lost my mind for XR technologies, for AR and VR specifically. Um, So I started my agency back in early 2016. And uh, we use AR, VR technologies uh, to help businesses integrate it and build some solutions for their operations, processes, sales, marketing, and so on and so forth. Um, so what we do is consulting around AR, VR technologies and also the full cycle development together with um, rapid prototyping and building MVPs for different clients like corporate innovation or startups or some brands or marketing agencies. Um, like we are industry agnostic. <laughs> Thank you, Daria. That was an amazing introduction. So like always... Um... When I get started on these podcast conversations, I ease up with a teaser question about asking my guests uh, any real-world experiences uh, with machine learning, or you can even talk about metaverse or uh, related technologies, how things were in the past and how things are now and how these are affecting your personal or professional experiences, any kind of an experience. Okay, that's that's an amazing question because uh, actually almost everything in augmented reality is built on machine learning because all of the uh, tracking and recognition algorithms that are built in machine learning. So uh, if, if there is no machine learning, there is no augmented reality uh, in overall. Um, and for the last seven years, I've seen a significant change in this direction because um, in the beginning, we only had some uh, flat images recognition. Right now, we have the real world recognition. So you can imagine what was the uh, the uh, difference in the user experience and uh, for the developers as well, it was a great um, great start in, in the evolving this technology. So I guess uh, we're, we're very much connected to the machine learning uh, uh, technology in our field. Thank you, Daria. That's an amazing uh, start. So let mm-hmm. us take a quick pause and then come back and get into our main media for conversation. All right, uh, welcome back. So since today we are talking about metaverse in the context of AI and machine learning, before even getting there, I first want to talk about um, the evolution of uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. And maybe if you can talk a few words around that, Daria, so that our audience can kind of get started on that evolution process of AR and VR? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, I would love to cover that part and specifically the last seven years that I've been witnessing. Um, the evolution is in the like in, in different uh, um, components, right? The first one is the hardware. Um, I, I remember like seven years ago, we only had several uh, smartphones that were compatible with AR, for example, that could render the graphics and that could uh, run those uh, algorithms to track and recognize the image or the plane. Um, so right now we have almost all of the devices that are compatible with the AR technology, even the like the cheapest ones, uh, smartphones. Um, and uh, that, that's not a barrier anymore because back in 2015, it was a huge barrier. Right now, I wouldn't say so. Um, so and, and the same is with the virtual reality hardware as well, because uh, back back then, uh, we had these uh, goggles, like the cardboards where you put the smartphone, or we had super sophisticated VR glasses that you had to plug in with the cables to your laptop or PC, and you had to have the specific laptop or PC that is compatible uh, with the with the virtual reality. Right now, we have like Oculus, Pico, and a lot of other glasses that work um, wirelessly. They they don't need to be connected to any specific uh, laptop or or something like that. So we are moving very fast in the hardware side. I, I would mm -hmm. say so. And this is the evolution. And for sure, we're moving in the software um, component as well, because uh, evolving the all the algorithms for recognition and tracking, like back, back then we had only the image recognition. Right now we have image recognition, environment recognition, face and body recognition. We also have 3D tracking in real time. Um, and thanks to this collaboration of the software and this machine learning algor algorithms and the hardware component because now we have all the sensors and cameras and all needed to to make this happen like to 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 track and recognize in real time um and even more than that we have the cloud recognition and cloud uh, rendering and this is this is just an amazing ecosystem that is building right now around ar and vr technologies um so i would say like the the hardware and software are moving together in prayer mm. um, and they enhance each other, they boost this process. And I would say that um, XR industry in general is very, very turbulent. Like we have updates all the time and sometimes you can uh, go to sleep and in the morning they could be something, some revolution in mm. AI or VR industry. You know? like, and, and you never get surprised with that because you're already used to it. Um, so I, I would say that re evolution is still going on and we will be witnessing some pretty cool stuff in this industry for the next 10 years. Beautiful. I think that's that's uh, very interesting that you put together that this both hardware and software uh, evolution and the alignment is happening so fast in the AR and VR world. So that gives uh, a lot more changes and a lot more things are happening in the future. And we can expect, like you said, a lot more things are happening. Uh, so Absolutely. taking that taking that further, I would like to understand, uh, Daria, about uh, maybe uh, if you can provide some big picture overview about how are these AR, VR projects realized? Maybe in the industry space is one thing. Mm -hmm. And the other side of the thing is that how in reality, there are two parts to this question, right? One is the industry mm -hmm. side, how these things are realized. And the second part is that the development aspect of these projects, right? How do um, the customers or the partners realize this? I know you are in that space, so you know that you are working a lot on that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for this question. Like the first part, um, there is like it's been with us for for quite some years, right? And uh, there is a lot of uh, applications with AR and VR in various industries, like, for example, the user in healthcare for surgery trainings, or they use it for um, training engineers or some uh, safety scenarios at the workplaces. Uh, this is uh, this is mostly about the virtual reality. Mm -hmm. They also use mixed reality and smart glasses for um, 
industrial design, for rapid prototyping, for um, hybrid meeting experiences, specifically with this COVID situation, people are looking for ways how they can still be engaged with each other in the work process, uh, working from homes, but still feel like they are all together in office. And virtual and mixed reality gives that feeling in some way and mm -hmm. makes it more engaging. Uh, from the side of augmented reality, the number of applications are, are just crazy. Like you, you can Google anything and you will find an application like AR in retail, AR in e-commerce. Um, they're building the shopping experiences in augmented reality. Um, marketing agencies and brands, they use AR as the tool for communication and selling their products. Because in AR, you can see that in 3D, in real size, you can interact with it. This is how you build this emotional connection between your end customer and the product and the brand. And this is also how you can use AR and VR for multi-channel communication and marketing um, and in uh, brand communication as well. Um, they also use AR in arts, in, uh, in museums, uh, in education, a lot of stuff done for children, for different classes. Uh, and for sure, they use it for um, for professional training as well. For example, mm -hmm. you can have the AR application when you put, uh, point your camera at some machine or at some part of, of, of machine you work with. Um, it could be like a digital twin uh, or it can be the overlay of some additional information about this uh, machinery. Like anything you need uh, when, you're, when you're looking at, at some some object, right? You, you need some additional information about that and you can showcase it in augmented reality. Um, from our perspective, we've been working with um, with brands and marketing a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I see that it still has like enormous potential for communication and even more with the evolution of technologies. Um, and I also adore the manufacturing and enterprise innovations um, where they can use AR and VR technologies to to reduce the number of uh, death accidents in the workplaces, for example, where they can help their employees train and educate more faster. Um, that is how they can kind of decrease this uh, period of adaptation uh, for the newcomers. So I can talk a lot about that, but the applications are like thousands in there and all of them are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So the realization aspect of this in the development aspect of these mm -hmm. AR VR projects, do you want to briefly well, uh, highlight on that aspects a bit? Yeah, I, I, I can say that the development pipeline is mostly like the, the basic software development. Like mm -hmm. you have iterations, you have uh, front-end development, you have back-end development, but the specific part about it is that you have a big component of content. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a lot of work with 3D, with 360, with different um, integrations of this content. And also the user experience is totally different. Like for if to compare it to what we already used to like websites, mobile applications, um, we already have some standards in user experience and we know how to build the user interface and we know some best practices, right? But in AR and VR, we're still kind of trying to figure out what is the best practices in here. Right. Um, so the user experience is always different. So my suggestion is in here is um, to work through the user scenario as much as you can. Uh, use some of the existing materials, analyze your target audience. Um, in what circumstances will they use this application? What type of internet connection, lightning, environment, and so on and so forth. All of that influence the user experience a lot. And it's good to go through that before you launch the application. Uh, so that's, that's new, the nuance about the development side. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think I, yeah, I agree that there is a lot of this evolution happening and then many of these user experiences eventually will build out into these, how these projects are realized. Uh, I know you have yeah, briefly absolutely. touched, I know you have briefly touched about the enterprise aspect of this. Uh, would you 
care to elaborate a bit more on the enterprise aspect of these when we talk about these uh, digital twins or trying to identify in the physical world how it is and how you could simulate it in the metaverse uh, using this uh, AR VR uh, opportunities. That yeah, we have. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and I would also love to add some comment to to this metaverse thing. Like we still don't have this metaverse. We're only kind of dreaming about it, right? And we're going in that direction. And AR VR is uh, one of the components of the metaverse we dream about. Um, so. Um, when we talk about enterprise and metaverse or use cases of AR and VR for enterprise companies, uh, from my experience, what I've seen is that they usually use virtuality for training and it's just impressive how you can change the training and education of your employees with the help of AR and VR technologies. Um, because you can train not only hard skills, you can also train soft skills. Mm -hmm. You can have uh, multiplayers, for example, your teams, they can meet in virtual environments and they can interact with each other. You can, they can go through the same experience together. And this is how you can also do this team building at the same time. And for sure, um, we have to find a place where it hurts, right? Mm -hmm. Where is the problem? So sometimes it's the marketing, sometimes it's sales, sometimes it's the lack of um, innovation in the um, in the delivery process, or it's super boring uh, annual reports <laughs> for the board, right? right? Uh, and you can use AR and VR technologies uh, in any of those cases. It's just a question of what type of problem should it solve, or what type of value should it bring. Like right now you can build the digital twin. Like we build the digital twin of the vessel at the moment. What does it mean? Like we have the real ship in port mm -hmm. and we build a 3D version, the exact replica of this vessel um, in as a hologram in the smart glasses. Mm -hmm. uh, who is the target audience? The engineers and the students in the Maritime Academy. The engineers, how they can use that? They take on the glasses, they can see the 3D model, this replica of the vessel, and mm -hmm. it also includes the real-time data about this vessel. So they can inspect it, they can get all of the needed information in one place, visualized on the 3D copy, and uh, it's much more natural for human beings to perceive information that way, um, comparing to numbers of pages of text or different application. No, it's all in one place. Uh, for the students, it's uh, for the education purposes, so uh, they can go through some of the components of this vessel, they can learn, they can um, conduct some of the training operations, um, and also for both of them, uh, both of the groups, when they are physically at the vessel, they can take on the glasses, they mm -hmm. can go into the engine room, and when they look at some of the components of the engine room, uh, they can get the additional information about it and do the predictive maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one of the examples, right? And you can imagine that you can create a digital twin of a whole factory or mm -hmm. of one production line, and you can validate some of your ideas, you can validate some of your approaches to, to, to changes, and you can do this change management through AR and VR simulations. Um, and then you can integrate it with 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 your backends uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so I would say like it always uh, it always needed to know what is the problem, and then it might be integrated in the most perfect way. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I think I like the way you put it. I think there are a lot of these enterprise-based applications and how you can mimic a complete factory as well and the all the processes involved so that the shop floor worker or the enterprise or the inventory manager or the purchasing specialist over there, I think they can realistically view what is happening, not only just simulate, but also now use these AR, VR glasses or whatever uh, things that you have. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can get that on different levels. Like the first level is training, mm -hmm. then the actual operations or um, some services that work all together and you need to do this team building for them. 
but you can also use augmented reality for warehouses and navigation in there, you know? So there are so many, um, so many ideas in here and so many already existing applications. It's just not that many companies are talking about that because uh, they prefer to do this internal innovation and deliver it for their employees. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the problems in our market right now that uh, not so many companies are sharing their experience with AR and VR. Um, and I guess that should change in, in a few years. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> right, right. No, I agree. I think, um, and also I like the way you put it, like how these AR and VR devices are the component or the stepping stone to get into the metaverse world. I think this is a way of how you are getting into the metaverse, right? I think uh, so that is one thing uh, people, people talk about a lot about uh, metaverse, but I think you need to have a a vehicle to get in there. And these are (laughs) some of those. uh, Yeah. I would say that uh, XR technologies are the visual component of the metaverse. This is how you can see it, interact with it. But we also have the web three. We also have blockchain. We also have AI technologies and machine learning technologies all in there. And we have this big dream of decentralized system where you can share, where you can create, but the social component in there. Um, so it's it, it's only starting, and I'm very excited to see how it's going to evolve in future. Perfect. So I believe there is a lot of data here. When we talk about normal interaction in the digital world itself, like we see a lot of data coming in from various different angles, like whether it is your historical data or uh, regular transactional data or master data, and then you have your IoT sensors. But now with these AR and VR devices, you are now capturing a whole different level of data. Uh, So could you talk a bit about these different data tracking and analytics that you use when these user sessions are, you're working on these different user sessions and how it helps? Yeah, sure. Um, Data rocks, the the first statement I would love to take. Uh, But again, in AR and VR, we can collect enormous amount of data and very unique data. Because uh, in augmented reality, we use our camera. So uh, we're not only analyzing the user experience, which is happening on the screen, right? The number of touches or interactions or something like that, or the average spend time in the application. We can also analyze the environment. We can analyze how the person is moving around the surrounding. um, And uh, we can have this... uh, motion data from it and especially from the virtuality um, we can collect the data about the user's body how they move um, how much they move with their legs with their arms with their heads and so on and so forth so in some cases it is a very precious data um, we can also understand where the user is looking like literally we can track the eyes and we can understand for how much time they were looking here and there. And from this, we can also use that to analyze their motivation or their behavior in this experience or their attention and how it moves around the experience. And actually all of us, like all of of the businesses, all of the companies, they are fighting for attention of their user. Mm -hmm. And in virtual reality, you can, recognize you can track and you can analyze where is the attention and i remember there was uh, the request from one of the marketing agencies they wanted to build the simulator of the shopping mall um, and they wanted to have a focus group in there um, so they will change some of the environmental factors like they will change the lightning in the simulator or they will change the background music or they will change the color of the packagings um, and so on and so forth, like hundreds of factors. And then they will 
analyze how that influences on the purchase decision of their end customers that are in the simulation of the shopping mall, right? They have a lot mm -hmm. of products all around them. Um, and this is one of the examples. So um, you can analyze the, also right now, there is one startup I know that building the cognitive load tracking in virtual reality and uh, the hardware producers are also moving in that direction. HP have these glasses for the cognitive load tracking. Um, so the data is mostly about the human reaction to the simulation mm -hmm. on the level of the emotions, level of cognitive load, and also the body level, how they move, how they react. Um, you can also collect the data about the voice and speech. You can collect the number of some specific words because um, it's it's full immersive, right? And right. you're like 99% immersed in this um, user experience. Um, people believe it and they behave in the most natural way. Um, and the data will be almost 100% true uh, from this experience as comparing to some focus groups in, in real life, you know? Um, so data from AR and VR is is only opening its doors into this world, you know? And uh, we we only start exploring uh, what is the value in there. Uh, and I'm sure that we're gonna see a lot of new startups and uh, technologies that will be working specifically with the data from AR and VR experiences. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So once you collect this much amount of data, coming in from all these AR and VR devices, obviously now you could do a lot more machine learning or AI based out of all this data. And then you can understand a particular user's interaction in a virtual shopping mall. And then you could generate that or you can even mimic that in the real world, right? I think you can understand, okay, the users are maybe, I'm trying to attach this concept when you take a digital twin as well, right? Like you're trying mm -hmm. to mimic the scenarios in a virtual world. And do you think that this kind of data could also make sense that you learn from this data and you can adapt uh, some of the processes in the enterprise world so that it can help in the physical world? Uh, any any Absolutely. thoughts on Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that uh, this is kind of a fuel for the mm -hmm. next business decisions. Uh, will it be a factory or will it be a shop or any other business? Um, if it is a factory and you have the simulation in virtual reality where your employees are training or learning something or doing the, um, I don't know, some design uh, MVPs, building mm -hmm. some prototypes, you can collect the data, how they... Uh, communicate, how they react to some of the experiences, uh, how do they do their decisions, uh, and what influence on those decisions. You can put them in different circumstances and you can see how they're going to react to it. Um, so this is the human factor first, right? And then you can also have some basic metrics, like like with the, with the Google Analytics, right? Mm -hmm. You can create the list of metrics you're looking for to analyze. Um, you can collect the data and analyze it based on those metrics, um, like the spend time. Or we had a project where we, we've been uh, teaching um, different cultures um, to the government service employees. Uh, so before they go into this business trip or to, to, the, to another country, they were learning the culture and the languages in virtuality and what we've been tracking we've been tracking all the words they say in native language and in the language they learn and we were also tracking the time they need for answer in this new language and then we've been analyzing the progress of this learning experience because sometimes the learning itself it must be not that fast right and mm -hmm. you you cannot properly um estimate this progress.
but in virtuality you can track even the the, the smallest changes right because uh, you have this access to do the voice to the body to the emotions uh, and to all the types of reactions this is just a full picture right right amazing i think uh, i know we are having some wonderful conversation i would like to take a quick break because we have talked about a lot i think i want to i want the audience to digest a little bit of this information let us take a quick break come back and then continue our conversation with some live examples that you might want to share all right uh, welcome back so some beautiful and interesting conversation happening uh, on the ar and vr topics uh, in metaverse world uh, so uh, coming back uh, daria so i know we have been talking about how data plays a very important role and how you could mimic a lot of these things and um, do a lot of machine learning and other things uh, maybe you could take one of uh, examples of live customer use cases uh, and then if you could put in perspective how these customers are benefiting uh, in a kind of an end to end scenario or an end to end example that will be helpful yeah sure i have a lot of uh, examples but we're limited in time so uh, i will try to be fast one of the examples is uh, augmented reality for the gas station chain we developed the ar application to help them boost the sales uh, of the gas and the snacks and beverages at their and their stations that was a christmas activation it lasted for 3 months what we did is ar activation on the coffee mugs you point your camera at the uh, cup and then the 3d content appears but mm -hmm. that was not just a regular 3d content the main logic was uh, it was the year of uh, mouse so we created the collection of different coffee mugs with different pictures of uh, mouse and then when you scan it they appear as a band everyone with a different musician instrument and they're playing and you as a user you're the solo singer in this band and mm -hmm. you were singing singing karaoke together with them and recording that and getting the rewards the points for as good as you're saying you get the reward yeah. um we integrated this reward system with their loyalty program we were generating the promo codes and this is how like from the um from the user perspective it was just a fun experience singing karaoke and augmented reality with the with the mice on the on the different coffee mugs and that's it but uh from the business perspective that was the tool that they used to get their users engaged to build this emotional connection to mm -hmm. make them play and earn the uh, points and then to use these points to buy something at the gas station because th th this moment when you collect some points and you're ready to buy something like this i already have them like i don't want to spoil that uh so uh, the results were super cool. We sold more than th uh, 300,000 liters of gas additionally only through this application wow. in three months. Uh, yeah, that was impressive. And we we never expected that, to say the <laughs> truth, because that was kind of the first the pilot project, right? And uh, we didn't know how people would react, but the reaction was super cool. And uh, the important part of that is that they put the AR application in the center of their communication campaign. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of uh, different activations around that. They had a strategy for it. Yeah. Uh, and I always tell our clients that if you want to develop AR and VR solution, it's just the one thing. And another is to have a strategy for proper integration. You yeah. have to communicate it to your end customers. You have to make them understand the value of this uh, solution and communicate it in that way. Um, so this is one of the examples. Another example is we built virtuality training for crane operators mm -hmm. at the um, oil vessels, you know, they have this uh, in, um, in, in the sea. So right. before a crane operator goes to, to, the, uh, to the workplace itself, 
they go like for six months and work there for six months and then go back. Um, the problem they had was that the newcomers, uh, they do a lot of mistakes in the workplaces and it's super dangerous uh, and they have a lot of uh, accidents and even death accidents in the workplaces. Um, and we did this virtuality training and simulation before they go there. Um, so they were going through this experience um, and uh, when they prove that they can handle all of these high-risk situations, that they know how to behave in all of these scenarios, uh, only after that, uh, they got the green flag and then they can go to, to the workplace itself. Uh, the virtuality for training is super cool because you can... Um, you can go through the same scenario as many times as needed. Mm -hmm. You can repeat, repeat, repeat till that moment that you totally learned it. Um, whereas in real life, it can be very expensive sometimes, specifically if you work with some machinery or with some resources that you need for this uh, training experience. Um, and it can also take uh, much time of uh, your colleagues or mentors or any, any other people in the team. So it cuts the cost a lot on the training, education, and then on the insurances as well. So that's the case. Beautiful. I think these are some very good examples that you have provided, um, uh, Daria. I think uh, the, the real-time, uh, I would say the virtual experience of simulating a real-time experience with this virtualization of using the AR, VR devices greatly simplifies the process when you are doing these trainings and certifications really absolutely yeah. yeah and you know the interesting fact that you can also combine it with some of the hardware for mm -hmm. example with the screen operators we we used the same controller as they have in the crane cabin ah, okay okay so we also created this muscle memory for them for sure mm -hmm. they had that experience before but we used the same one and that was super cool because it was highly immersive it was almost the same as they have in the in the real workplace um so if if you have the chance to to do like that it's always better to include some of the hardware or physical objects that will be the same in the workplace in future so that brings me some interesting uh, question for me um daria so yeah training and making sure that the muzzle memory picks it up and then kind of trying to align with the real day, uh, the real devices and the AR, VR devices. So what are some of the prerequisites that you have to focus on when you're kind of uh, building or implementing these AR, VR projects? Well, the, the first thing is the goal. Like, mm -hmm. what is the goal of this experience? Uh, sometimes it's it's some numbers. Sometimes it's the final emotion or or some result in, in any other form. Um, and the second I would say is the user experience. This is the most crucial part of any mm -hmm. AR, VR application you have, because uh, this is something that people will go through mm -hmm. and you, you really need to go step by step with that and you need to think that through. Because in virtual reality, it's almost like real life experience. And uh, sometimes for companies, it's complicated to switch from the 2D perspective, like the flat screens or documents or something like that, to this 3D environment in real life uh, simulation. And I really recommend to take the real life experience as the basic one uh, and use that in the virtual reality or in augmented reality, as you say that, and you can add some hints, you can add some digital assets to it, you can enhance that experience. But first, it should be the real time, the, okay. the real life one. Okay. Um, with the with the different options on top of that, you can play with the content, you can play with environments, so you can play with different um, interactions, gamifications. This is very important to keep your end customer engaged mm -hmm. and keep this retention rate high. Because uh, if, if we're talking about some marketing or sales, this is super important. 
if we talk about training and education and digital twins, uh, the retention mostly influence the result of this learning experience. Right. We need to create a safe place for, for end customers um, so they will feel comfortable with this experience and they can learn in free way uh, mm-hmm. without being stressed out that someone is watching them. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So that takes me to this question, um, uh, Daria, about how is your ARVR platform, uh, how do you differentiate your platform or your services with the others? Uh, and how can you add value to these? I know there's a huge enterprise business world out there. Maybe companies like SAP, Salesforce, Workdays, Oracle, all of these, right? How do you envision to add value to these enterprise business software market as well? Well, the difference, I believe that we're, we're all industry neighbors right now. We're not right, competitors. Right. Um, and uh, we bring different value to this market. Uh, from my perspective and what we do in WeAR Studio, we've been working for seven years with so many companies, with so many different clients and industries that we have this experience of business analysis and consultancy and integration of AR, VR solution into various business models and industries on different levels for different uh, groups of customers and end users. That I would say that our biggest advantage is that we, we have this experience and we know how to do this and we can mm-hmm. suggest our clients on the best technology stack for them uh, on the best hardware that will fit their experience where we can help them build this uh, pipeline for the project where to start what can be in the middle and where should they got in like in five years with this product we also help them with the strategy for integration because again we have this experience we've seen how it's been done in different companies before and uh I think that AR and VR will still be as a competitive advantage for so many businesses uh, for five, 10 years in future. It's mm-hmm. still not a mass market. It is something that you can use to stand out to really bring some innovation and value to your employees, your teams, your processes, and the same for, uh, for the end customers. Mm. So I guess that's that's the difference. Thank you. I think that was uh, that was nice. I think, yeah. I know there's a lot of these uh, innovations happening, whether it is with Meta or whether it is with Microsoft HoloLens or whether uh, with all these newer, uh, uh, the bigger firms, I think they are coming up with these different AR, VR devices. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, know. there are yeah, there are a lot of companies and startups who provide the products. And mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful because you already have a solution, just go and use that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I see right now in the market, not all the companies can use the products for some ready solutions. Uh, most of them need the mm-hmm. customized experience for their specific situation, for their end customers, for their processes. Uh, some of them are really afraid of these new technologies and they just want to want to try the waters. They want some build some prototype or some pilot project. They want to test it out first before they invest like right. hundreds, thousands of dollars uh, and some crazy budgets into it. Yeah. So I think that that building some of these uh, quick solutions and try them out is the validation process. And it could help businesses understand their way with AR and VR, um, how they can better integrate it, what will be the better user experience, what will be the better hardware for that because for example right now we work with the automotive company and we help their engineers learn how to work in the training center and how to work with the different machinery and we were discussing that some of the engineers they've been working there for 20 years and they've been doing this like in the same way for this 20 Mm -hmm. years almost in the same way and right now, they want to come to them and say, okay, now you will do that with the smart glasses. Now you will have holograms on top right. of your machines. And you know, like for 
many people it's it's a huge disruption it's it's a big question mark and they they feel like they are afraid of these technologies they don't want to feel stupid in those glasses like they don't want they sure. don't they don't know how to use that or so on and so forth so you should also kind of validate all of those ideas in terms of your target audience and the culture you have in your company so sure. Yeah, that's a big topic in here. <laughs> I know, I know, that's a big topic. I think before we could actually, I know this is a very interesting conversation. I think we can take for hours together, but I think we have some time constraints, I believe. Uh, any real-time challenges that you would like to share before we go to the key takeaways? Well, I guess that the level of awareness, this is one of the biggest challenges at the moment. Uh, from what I've seen and my experience, a lot of companies are interested in what is AR and VR and how to use that, but they don't really know much about it. And sometimes they can mess up with the, with the names or with the, with the technologies. And I think that it's changing. I can see a huge progress right now, but still we have to educate our industry first. Um, on what is XR technologies, what is metaverse, <laughs> even right. if it doesn't exist, you know. Uh, and then we can talk about business because uh, we have to talk in, in the same language, with the same words, and having the understanding of uh, what is it. Um, and the second one, I guess, is the lack of uh, sharing knowledge in the industries, mm -hmm. as I said, a lot of companies are using AR, VR technologies, and you will be surprised how many companies are successful with that, but they're not sharing with their use cases and with, with their numbers specifically, with their data for sure. Uh, so I guess this is one of the biggest barriers right now on the market. Beautiful. I, I completely agree with you, Daria. I think that is the reason I think even putting together these kind of podcast sessions, I wanted to kind of bring awareness to the community as well. Like, yeah, these are the things going on. I think there's a lot that we could learn or work together. Uh, I know, uh, like I said, we could talk hours together, but I would like to give you a few, if you have some few key takeaways or closing remarks that you would provide uh, for, for the audience. Yeah, sure. But in any case, we can have another podcast and somewhere in future <laughs> if your audience will be interested in that. Uh, well, the key takeaways, I would say that the first, uh, do your homework, uh, go read something if you're interested about that, watch some videos uh, and just get aware with what is XR technologies are and what are the use cases or statistics or something like that. There is a bunch of different uh, channels that you can use for it. And the second one is the user experience is the king again. Mm -hmm. I'm repeating it in here, but still, uh, learn your target audience. And uh, it's better to start with something simple and small. You don't need to invest like millions in VR training or something. Uh, you can start with the simple uh, experience. You can try the waters, test it on the focus group or somewhere in the fields. Uh, and you will get the real feedback and you will get a lot of data from, from that testing uh, mode. And then you can make a decision and polish your idea for the future launch. Right, right. No, I, I completely agree with you that user experience is the key. And like you said, I think uh, definitely we'll do some other uh, session in future. And I believe this is a great topic and there's a lot of awareness needed in the market. And coming from the enterprise world and from the AI world, I think there's a lot you could do. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I know in the middle of this war and all the other things going on, you still took some time out. And then you guys are doing some amazing work there, out there in Ukraine, um, with this AR, VR uh, uh, devices and the consulting that you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me. And it's my pleasure to share the experience and knowledge we have in this industry to help businesses find their way with AR, VR, and metaverse in future. Thank you, Daria. Thank you. All right, let us now wrap up this first podcast session from season four. I hope uh, you had 
enjoyed this conversation. I would first like to thank our guest, Daria Ferko. Uh, I would really appreciate her time. Uh, she could take some time during this, uh, the major turmoil uh, their country is facing, <clears throat> Ukraine is facing in the middle of this war. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, Daria's team, Daria's uh, startup team, they are doing some great work in Metaverse. And we had some interesting conversation as you could uh, see here, as you could uh, listen in here. So if there are any further questions, as always, uh, you could directly reach out to Daria uh, since I will be tagging her on the LinkedIn post. If not, you can also reach out to me and I can put you in touch uh, with her. Alternatively, if you have any other questions on any other topics, you could always go back and search up all the podcast sessions by the name of Raghu Banda or RK Banda or the um, podcast series, Machine Learning and AI Applications. As I've explained in the start of the season four, we gave a new name. So you could also search up the podcast with the name Extra AI, X-T-R-A-W-A-I, which means uh, we are extracting the raw AI conversations. So you can search up the podcast conversations by <clears throat> uh, searching machine learning and AI applications or extra AI. As always, if you have any feedback, you can send me to my email address venkata.ragu.banda at sap.com or my personal email ID ragu.banda at insia.edu or on my social media handles rkbanda Twitter or ragubanda on LinkedIn. Alternatively, from season four, we have also put up a website www.extraai.com, X-T-R-A-W-A-I.com. And this is where, this is a central place where you can find all the information about all the podcasts. And these are all, all the podcasts from all the seasons are linked in here. And like I always mention, the podcast sessions are available on all the major podcasting platforms. So feel free to reach out to me with any additional questions that you might have, or if you need any additional uh, conversations, I'll try to set up those conversations. As always, I will finally thank you all the audience for tuning in and listening in to these podcast conversations. We will have uh, many more interesting conversations in this season four, so stay tuned. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Bye-bye.